Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. We are joined on the big table here by Chris Wasser, Fanula Jones, and uh, Leslie Williams. Good afternoon to you all. Good afternoon. Hi, guys. Hello. Lovely to see you all. Uh, we're going to be supping some Prosecco in we, a moment. We are. Tell us about the other ones. Uh, so we'll be with three wines today, all with a somewhat Italian. Well, two are definitely Italian, and one is a, an Italian relevance, shall we say. Okay. Um, all the wines are from the classic range in M&S, um, which is a range of kind of, sort of all those famous wines you've heard of, they have a version at a really good price. Like all these wines today are on offer in stores around the country, in the M&S stores. But this is a good Prosecco, and Prosecco is often, um, I've told you this before, um, Prosecco is, has there's two kinds of Prosecco. There's the entry-level Frizzante stuff, which as far as the Irish government is concerned is a still wine, and they tax it as a still wine at 340. If it was a sparkling wine, they doubled that to 760 because you can't be having fun with bubbles like no, bubbles are no. dangerous. They're against that kind of thing. <laughs> you know? yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is actually a spumante. Okay. So at that price, it's actually really good. All right, okay. And we'll be talking about a red and a white. Oh, sorry, yes, we've a, uh, yes, we've a suave and a Zinfandel. Okay, so. uh, lovely. Now, the two, now, two movies today, Chris. Yes. Obviously, Mission Impossible yes. is, or it's, is it half a Mission Impossible film? It's half it's a Mission Impossible. It's not even the whole thing. So it's just a mission. Yeah. yeah, we don't know uh, if it's impossible yeah. or not. Yeah. So he just drives up to the edge of the cliff but doesn't actually jump I was off expecting it. a literal cliffhanger. I don't want to yeah. ruin the end of the film, but I, I really wanted it to end that way, actually. But no, it's Mission Impossible hyphen Dead Reckoning slash part one. Yeah. So it's a mouthful. Um, and then the second part to be out next year. So that's the first film we're looking at. And then the second one is The Outlaws uh, with Pierce Brosnan. So it's kind of interesting, a former Bond going up against, you know, a better version of Bond, in my opinion. Uh, so one of them is going to be in cinemas from uh, this week. That, that was very controversial. What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so one of them is going to be in cinemas and the other one's going to be on Netflix. Yeah. Now, we, you'll talk in more depth about this later on. Yeah. The Netflix one is terrible. It's dreadful. It's absolutely atro- It's an atrocity against cinema and yeah. comedy and anything we hold dear. Yeah, against um, Irish accents as well. It's a weird thing we'll get into a little bit later, but Pierce Brosnan in this film is required to do an Irish accent, which you think, him being an avid man, he would be capable of doing that. Mm. Um, but no, he's shown before, like, remember Taffin? Yeah. Uh, Evan as well, he did it again. He sounds like a Scottish person trying to impersonate an Irish person. So I don't know why he goes that roundabout way of doing an Irish accent, but yeah, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Is it a thing, though, that like when it's, uh, you know, Hollywood wants even Irish actors to do a ha-ha? There is, there is that thing, yeah, yeah, because there's, actual one. because there's an actual, there's a scene in this film where uh, Pierce Brosnan and everyone else, they're required to do this chase around this graveyard, and they're smashing through graves, and at one stage, you know, Pierce Brosnan's character is like, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and you're thinking to yourself, that doesn't belong in the contemporary action film in 2023, but clearly someone is behind the scenes saying, up the Irishness, you know, yeah. and his name is Billy McDermott, and, and he's a bit of a, you know, a, a rogue, and he's got tattoos all over him, and yeah, it's, a, it's someone's idea of what a modern Irish man looks like, but okay. it's not real. Is this an action film, then? It's an action comedy, Oh, or at least it wants to be, yeah, yeah. yeah. produced by Adam Sandler as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's your mark of quality right there, yeah, it really is. Is like, is, poor old Pierce is kind of, is it just getting diminishing returns for him now at this point? He is, yeah. Is he, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't yet found a film, I don't think he's going to at this stage, uh, that would be like his next Bond franchise. He doesn't really need anyone. He's, 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 sure. He was James Bond. Like. Yeah. But I think probably the best thing that he's done since being James Bond, Mamma Mia. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Other than that. It's oh, been fairly wow. wobbly. Yeah, didn't he, didn't he play a, a fictional version of Jerry Adams at one stage too? 
Oh God, I don't remember that. Yeah, oh, yeah. you forget the beard and yeah. the tailor yeah. of Panama. He wasn't so bad in that. He was okay in it. He was in that awful yeah. Amazon Cinderella as well. That if anyone saw, I feel so sorry for because that's a crime, an absolute crime. He's like the king character or something. I don't know. Yeah. Camille Cabello, Adina Menzel, they're singing Material Girl for some reason. It was traumatic. Right. But he seems like a nice chap. He sees painting and he's... Oh, he does. Good luck to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have a pint with him, but I don't necessarily want to watch any more films as a minute. But see, I wonder about that. You reach a point in your career where you don't really care. Yeah, there is Mm. that. Yeah. I mean, again, we'll get into it more depth, but I think there is a thing when you're watching him in something like The Outlaws that he's just doing this for the laugh. Possibly the paycheck as well, but he doesn't really need it. But he's just doing it because it sounded like a fun way to pass three weeks which is how long it takes to shoot these things, and then he can get back to doing whatever he does. You know, lounging about, painting. He's a painter, actually. Yeah. Quite a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. not a very good actor anymore. Oh, God, that's a shame. Yeah. I'd love I like so. a, a lot of people audience, here. Not, not, not popular with the audience. <laughs> we'll have to sneak you out the back door. <laughs> Hater. <laughs> so uh, the writer's strike has been ongoing, as, uh, as many people know, the Hollywood yeah. writer's strike. And Ryan Murphy now is going to start suing people, is he? He's, he's certainly threatening anyway. So for context, as you said, this strike has been going on since May 2nd. Uh, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers uh, failed to negotiate with the Writers Guild of America. So they went on strike. We're currently at day... 65. I think the last writer strike was 100 days, so we're kind of creeping towards it potentially being the longest strike ever. Uh, Ryan Murphy is still working. Three of his shows are still in production. We've got American Horror Story, American Horror Stories, which is apparently different to the first one, didn't know, and American Sports Stories, again, because... Like, I mean, <laughs> fill in the blanks here. Like, you know, he also has American Crime Story. That's not in production currently. But, um, yeah, he had threatened to sue an East Coast Writers Guild strike captain. Uh, they'd alleged on social media that crew members were told they'd be blackballed in Murphyland. That's a direct quote. If they didn't cross the picket line to continue to work on uh, Murphy's shows. Um, he's put out a statement or a spokesperson for him has said that, like, that's categorically false that he said that or whatever. And the strike captain has stepped down from position and recanted that statement. Um, but, yeah, still like not really a great look now Murphy is a member of the Writers Guild of America West and like per the strike rules he's allowed to continue to work as a showrunner and director on these shows as long as they're not actively they can't keep writing on the shows you know what I mean the scripts have to stay untouched so that's kind of his justification for it but it's still a bit of a a slap in the face to all the other productions that have halted like they like his ones are pretty much the only ones still in production, pretty much. So. Because he's a member of the union, he's, or the guild, he's allowed to do Well, this. it's because they're also they're not doing the writing on set, you know what I mean? So they're shooting, but it's like, with the scripts as is, the scripts aren't changing, you know? Like, as he's not, they're not the only shows in production, but they're some of the last few, like, all of the rest of them are pretty much stopped. Yeah. All the big ones that you can think of, all the big names. So they're not changing one word of the script when they start shooting? Essentially, yeah, because that's a... Uh, but like, me but, 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 but that's the thing, and look, <laughs> there are a lot of people being like, Kim Kardashian is cast in the latest series of this American Horror Stories and it's a bit like like she's crossing the picket line to go act in it technically you know what I mean like it's a bit of a slap in the face to people who are actually yeah. involved in trying to like protest for better conditions and better pay and better everything else but, so if an actor changes a line or anything they can't, like, technically, yeah, but, technically, they, like, yeah. do we know if they are? Do, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. I, well, Kim Kardashian isn't known for her uh, a stalwart support of trade unions' rights anyway, yeah. as far as I know. 
<laughs> I wouldn't know her personally, so yeah, I'm, I'm so going to just a, comment there. Yeah. And there's going to be a Bob Marley biopic. Yes, there is. Bob Marley, One Love. We got the trailer this week. It's coming January 12, 2024, and it focuses on the period after the 1976 assassination, assassination attempt on himself. Uh, he's being portrayed, Bob Marley, I should say, by Kingsley Benadir, who's in Secret Invasion at the minute. Filmed in England and Jamaica. It's directed by the guy that did King Richard, Ronaldo Marcus Green. We also have Lashana Lynch, who's starring as uh, Rita Marley, his widow, Bob Marley's widow, I should say. Family endorsed, features his music. Should should be good. I like that's usually I bet you it'll be controversial because people would imagine, would be, yeah. be fanatical Bob Marley fans saying you got that wrong. You yeah, like that at all? Yeah, that's the thing. So we'll wait and see. As I said, uh, January twelfth, twenty twenty four. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how they deal with Rastafarianism in general mm. because it's you know it's a religion. It's got controversial aspects. Mm. Like yeah. if you were a man. And all you wanted to do was be a lazy bollocks and smoke dope all day. That's the religion for you. <laughs> so, uh, and it's not great for women because they have to do everything while, yeah, you know. Not great. Yeah, not hobbies great. at home with the legs up. You know? Yeah. And there, look, there is the thing of the fact that family being so heavily involved, like, is it like a true portrayal? Who knows? We'll see. I kind of can't really, your man that uh, plays him, uh, Kingsley Benadir. I don't know if I really see it, see the Bob Marley resemblance, 100%. That's just me, but yeah. yeah. Go look at the trailer, it's online now. Don't go look at it now, keep listening to it. Okay, alright, yes. Okay. So, Leslie, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. are you a Bob Marley fan? Yeah, absolutely. I, but I, at my funeral, I want um, uh, Redemption song. Just, really? It's the perfect song. Because you, you want a happy song, well, that's a sad song. Obviously, people would be sad, hopefully, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and that, it, it's just, it's, it's really mournful, and it's, uh, um, it, it's just the perfect, perfect song for me. Okay, yeah. is it the only song? And then, and then, and then at the end, when, when they're leaving, they can play, should I say or should I go now by the clash? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my plan. We'll see now if it gets into Okay. Sense. Yeah. Uh, do you have a wine selection for your future? I, I, yeah, absolutely. Champagne. Has to yeah. be champagne. And possibly Prosecco, if, if for those who don't like champagne, which I'll get into in a minute. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's a nice... And will it be during this... Like, are you planning on a, well, I a service? Or yeah, no, be no, a no, no, not a church. No, no, it's in the, in the uh, registry... In the not registry office, Jesus. The, um, <laughs> the crematorium, I was thinking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Somewhere sad, yeah. This, that's, this, is, okay. this is my... I've, is it a particular I've been crematorium too much, I? <laughs> Is it a particular crematorium you've uh, Well, there's one near me in Harold's class. Right okay. Here, so, yeah, but yeah, did you but, do a tour of various I, no, crematoriums? Well, I've been in the one in Cork. Swigging Bolly, going, I like this one. The one in Cork is really nice. You've got to go out on the little island. It's in the in the bay. Oh yeah. It's in where the um, there used to be an armory out there, where you know they used to store ammunition and so on. So you've got to go out this narrow thing out the bay, out, out into the bay. That's, that's kind of cool. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. And what are you going to do with the ashes? Yeah, I, I don't care. Just whatever she wants, you know. Okay. Yeah, well, you're assuming that she yeah. outlives you. Yeah. Well, this is true. Yeah. Yeah. You can, they could, I, would we sell them on eBay? Would they be hardly wouldn't be wouldn't be worth much? No. I'd buy your ashes, I think. Which is, but thanks, thanks, Phil. Thanks. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's celebrate your impending death yeah. um, <laughs> with uh, a glass of prosecco. Yes, yeah, so uh, prosecco. Prosecco is. Um, we've just all got so used to prosecco. It's not that long ago that prosecco was really not a thing. Like twenty years ago, when I first got interested in wine, I mean, you knew about it, but you didn't see it. Um, but of course, in Ireland, we double tax sparkling wine. That's what I was saying earlier. So um, the fact that Frizzante Prosecco is to, to define, to, if you're going to tax sparkling wine, you've got to say what sparkling wine is. And so they've defined it by the amount of bubbles in it, basically, and the amount of pressure in the bottle. And Frizzante, lightly sparkling Prosecco, counts as still wine, so 
taxes half. So that's why we're probably the only country in the world where Frizzante, Prosecco, I'd sell Spumante because Spumante is better. This actually, though, is a Spumante, um, and you can tell because it's got the, um, the full pressured cork and so on, and it's, mm. uh, it's got a cage around it like it with champagne. Uh, so what's different between this and champagne is this is made in a tank, and so, because it's in a tank, um, the impact of yeast on the flavour is much less, so you actually get the taste of the fruit. And the Glera grape, used to be called Prosecco, but now we call it the Glera grape, um, is all white peaches and fragrance and pear and all sort of lemony freshness and a little bit of acidity on the, on the, on the back. Um, and that's the Chermet method allows the grape to shine, whereas with champagne, and this is one of the reasons people don't like champagne, is you get all the yeasty character mm, and the bready, yeah. which I, I personally have got used to and really like, but um, it wouldn't be to everybody's taste. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's easier on the, uh, on the palate. And if you think about the smells and flavours that I've just described, the white peaches, that's why the Bellini came into, into being, because the Bellini is pulped white peaches with Prosecco, because it's, it's effectively sort of pulped white peaches, which the, which the wine smells of. So. Yeah. And people use peach snaps and stuff, but the, the true Bellini is pulped white peaches. And if you go to Harry's Bar in Venice, where they invented it, it will be... Um, they'll have bagged and um, frozen several tons of this stuff so that they can basically give you a 45 euro (laughs) (laughs) Bellini. Nice. Yeah. 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 And and, uh, so... um how much is a bottle of this? Oh, no, good question. I think it's only, uh, at the minute, it's yeah, 1080. Yeah. yeah. 1080. And what's the ABV I mean, on Prosecco? It's so usually, it's usually, usually for 11. Yeah, 11. Yeah. 11, yeah. 11, 11. Yeah. So, but it, I, um, I hope you're enjoying it. It's, it's nice and fruity. We didn't get any up here, unfortunately. Uh, no, we didn't, no. No, no. no. I, I was <laughs> wondering what anybody <laughs> mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's got decent fizz. And, uh, but look, because it's not bottle fermented, um, uh, you know, the bubbles aren't going to last as long with, mm. uh, with Prosecco, with the Charmant Master. I you know, prefer that because yeah. I, I actually must say I find champagne because I feel it's too busy, you know, and then you're just yeah. burping for the next yeah, five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes champagne is a bit too biscuity. For, it can be for very me. biscuity, and especially older vintage champagnes, they get really biscuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, okay. But yeah, anyway, there you go. Fair juice for that. So, are you all enjoying that? Yeah. You enjoy yourselves, don't mind about us. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to us today from Lawler's Hotel in Nace, with thanks to our friends in Marks and Spencers. Uh, that's part of New Stalks uh, Summer Tour, and that was Paper Tides again, channeling their inner Bruce uh, with uh, I'm on Fire. Uh, they do have some upcoming gigs. They're going to be at Camp Dalfest in Glenarm Castle on the 15th and 16th of July. August 25th, they're live at the Square in Derry, and they'll be appearing at Electric Picnic, which of course is on uh, the first weekend in September. Thanks a million, lads, for uh, coming down to us today. Uh, right. Uh, where's Orla Reardon? Orla Reardon? Oh, there you are. Yes, you didn't put your arm up. Oh, there you are. Are you well? Hi, Sean. How, How are, are you? you? You're very welcome. I was looking for my wine there, actually, because yeah. you forgot me. Yeah, well, you'll get some in a minute. It's Calm right. down, yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to be just necking it back. You're Sorry. supposed to, you know, thinking, hmm, uh, what taste it has. Um... What job did you used to do? Didn't you used to work abroad? Yeah, I used to be a holiday rep. Right. In the 90s, in the Mediterranean. And what was that like? It was great fun. Thank God there was no phones back then, Sean, because, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, And you you were on a bus one day when you took a, a group. Where did you take them? Okay, so I worked in the Algarve and I worked there in the wintertime as well. Um, where we'd get a lot of older people who'd come out for three months of the year, so it was cheaper for them to come out, and we'd look after them, and we'd have great fun, and we'd do bingo and all that sort of stuff. So I took them on a trip one day just to say thanks and took them around all the different properties, but at each property that we went to, 
they were given, you know, sangria and chicken peri-peri and la 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 la. Mm. So we were going around for the whole day and these are people probably from 65 plus that, that are staying there. When we got to the last place, which was about resort number five, they were plastered. <laughs> and um, we got back on the bus and we were heading down uh, back to Albufeira and uh, we were in Lagos, we'll say, so it's quite a bit of a trip. And this 70-year-old lady came up to me, very apologetic. She said, I'm really sorry, but my husband wasn't feeling very well. And she handed me a bag of um, <laughs> pink, <laughs> pinky, sort of purpley, yes. yeah, you sangria-coloured yeah. uh, yeah. chicken piri-piri-filled yeah. bag. <laughs> so I, I was sitting on the, on the front seat of the bus with my, you know, the tour guide bus, and my driver was there, and I said to him, look, we're going to have to pull over here because I have to get rid of this bag. And he was a bit grumpy because he'd been with us all day and they'd been drinking all day. And um, uh, he said to me, no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to slow down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, <laughs> you can throw the bag out because nobody's going to know, like, you know. So I'm sitting in the, the front seat of the bus and he, ksh, the door is open. And I slowed down, but it got caught on a hook. <laughs> and this is true. It came back. It hit me on the side of the head. <laughs> It went into my eyelashes. It was all over me. I puked. The bus, the bus driver puked. And there was a tsunami of puke just started on the whole of the bus and all these 70-plus people absolutely hurling their guts up. And we literally had to pull in and hose people down. Like, and when we got back to the office, the people were getting off dishevelled. And like, they were saying to me, Orla, what did you do to the 70-year-olds? Like, so I said, I'd take Club 1830s any day. Oh, yeah. They're the ones you need to watch. <laughs> Excellent story, Orla. Excellent story. Right, so we're, uh, we're going to give you afternoon uh, tea here at Lawler's Hotel. We're going to give you uh, the wines, uh, the M&S wines that we've been sampling today. Also, because as I understand you're at that stage of life which you're not going to say no to anything, we're going to give you, well not anything obviously, but we're going to give you two tickets to see New Order at the Three Arena. Uh, that's on October the 1st. So, thanks for your story, Orla. That was absolutely, uh, absolutely brilliant there. Uh, right, Leslie. Uh, uh, now, Orla's gagging for the next drink. So, tell us about the, uh, the white wine there. Uh, so, we were on Suave now. Um, so, um, second Italian wine. Both these wines, but the Prosecco is from the Veneto. Uh, so, there's a bit of the Alps that sort of funnels down with nice, cool breezes, and it's good for growing grapes that give a bit of freshness and so on. And Suave is the same. So, um, Verona would be the nearest town. So, you know, Romeo and Juliet likely had this, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, even though they were only 14. Um, so it's uh, Garganega is the grape, um, and sometimes there's a bit of Trebbiano de Suave in there as well, not related to the other Trebbiano. Um, it's just light, floral, fresh, preferable seafood, light pasta, it's a summer wine. It's, it's, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's I always like Suave. Suave did have a bad reputation 20 years ago. It was often a very thin, uninteresting wine, but they've really upped their game and removed a lot of the lesser land from the Appalachian, so now it's um, from the DOC. So it's, it's just good quality Suave is... It, it's always worth uh, a look, you know. Yes, and m and I think, have done a really good job with this. Like yeah. Kenner, you know. Yeah, I know they didn't actually exist, but would Romeo and Juliet actually have drunk this? Well, I mean, in theory, I mean, it would have been the white wine that would have been really? drinking at the court of Verona. It would have been yeah. the, it's the nearest wine, and there was a there's a castle in Suave, which you know. Um, 
<laughs> possibly, you know, when they were sneaking off to the castles and, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, the other thing that's always claimed that they would have drunk is uh, Valpolicella, um, which is also from the Veneto. But actually, this is actually, the vineyards of Suave are closer to Verona than the vineyards of Valpolicella, you know? Yeah. So um, That's just that's well, amazing to imagine that. Well, there is a balcony. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a permanent team employed to reply to letters because teenagers all over the world send letters to Juliet looking for advice. <laughs> so, did, did you know this? Yes. <laughs> there's, there's a graffiti wall which they all supposedly under the balcony and people write love messages and um, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole... Um, and, and they, they don't know, be, like, the end of the play, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I mean, okay, so Shakespeare's version is, is, don't forget, based on sources, and there is a story, so it's possible that there was a, you know, version of this, you know? Uh, yeah. so, I mean, he never made any stories up. He just based his story. Yeah, that's uh, true. His, his yeah. plays on, yeah. yeah. So there might have been uh, real people. And so how much is this? It's, it's 980. Uh, 980, 980, crikey. 940, 940. 940, 940. okay. Yes, uh, very, that's pretty good. Uh, now, the uh, Pierce Brosnan backlash has uh, uh, started already. <laughs> uh, in fairness, Pierce Brosnan was pretty good as Will Farrell's dad in that Eurovision movie thingy, says Dennis. Oh, yeah, oh, That actually, wasn't terrible, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. okay, not terrible. Not terrible. Is, uh, That's their yeah, bar right rave. Not terrible, yeah. Uh, Pierce Brosnan had a cameo in The Long Good Friday, a must-see classic again from the 70s, says Nicholas. Sure, yeah, go for it. He would have been young. Mm. He would have been very young. Then. He would have been, Obviously, yeah, pre-James Bond. Yeah, yeah. Or even yeah. pre that, you know what Yoki did? Remington Steel. Remington yeah. Steel. Yeah. Mm. Ah, look. <laughs> <laughs> a few people just woke up and said, Remington <laughs> Um, the problem with Pierce Brosnan is sound as all as he might be, he's never been a very good actor, uh, says talented Brendan in Galway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and somebody wants to know what's the name of the, uh, the Prosecco again. Oh, just M&S Classic Prosecco. Yeah, yes. it says number 17. Oh, yes, it does. It's a good, they've numbered the classics. They have, oh. they've, they've about 30 different classic wines. There's a Bourgogne, a Beaujolais, a Claret, a Suave, a Corbière, a, um, a name of a famous wine region, and they have a version of it. Um, and they send their winemakers out to um, find good co-ops or good small producers. And so like, they, they put serious effort into this. I mean, they, they don't just mm. like, find it, ask for a few samples, hey, that'll do grand. Yeah. No, they actually send their <laughs> winemaker, they have, and they have, wine, they have masses of wine working with them, and they send out people to find the one they want. And, and often these guys will actually change the blend and say, no, actually, that's too dry for our audience or that's too sweet for our audience. And they, you know, they, they do it promptly. And they have yeah. a big budget to do this and yeah. to find the wine. So, yeah. yeah, so number 17 is the Prosecco. Um, All right. Okay, that answers that question. So Brad Pitt has a Formula One movie. Yes, from Apple TV Studios that is coming out, I think, uh, later this year, next year. I'll get confirmation on that. But it stars our own Kerry Condon. We don't have a name for it yet, but uh, Pitt stars as like a former F1 driver who returns to the race, returns to this fictional team, and is kind of like hoping to bring it up in the ranks. Uh, he stars alongside Jamson Idris, and it's actually being produced in collaboration with F1, and they're shooting it at like actual Grand Prix race weekends. I feel like they're trying to capitalise on the Drive to Survive Netflix yeah, series yeah. and the popularity of it, which is, I feel like, a movement I did not get on board with at the pandemic. Like, it's really funny. Like, yeah. I have friends who are, like, they're at Silverstone now. Like, they know all the really? drivers' names. They're talking about it. Like, it's very... It's mad. Like, and I'm, I just don't get it. And I people don't... driving in circles. You could <laughs> go to the nearest roundabout and do the same thing. But that's the thing. I had friends who went to, it wasn't Silverstone, it was some other one and they went went last year and it was like they were trying to get a specific spot in the thing but then it's like, they're obviously going so fast that even if you're there and you get a good view, like you see the car for like two seconds and then it's going round again. Like it's like, yeah. it's not like you're watching a pitch, you know what I mean? Like it's just, I don't know, but like it has a, this massive new 
fan base, like, I don't know, would yeah. say. But this sounds like Steve McQueen territory. Kind like of, McQueen yeah. Steve McQueen made several movies kind of along those veins and drove the cars himself. Is he going to drive the cars himself? Oh, no confirmation on that. Uh-huh. It's, from, it's from the same team who brought us uh, Top Gun Maverick, same creative team. So you have director Joseph Kaczynski, uh, writer Aaron Kruger, producer Jerry Bruckheimer, and we all know how I feel about Top Gun Maverick, one of the best movies of all time. So that, don't laugh, I'm being serious. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the Romeo and Juliet of its day. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. One Romeo and Juliet could never. Um, so okay, yeah, we'll see. Have a title. Doesn't have a title as of yet. I feel so. like Pit Stop is right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, thanks. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. for hire, Brad, yeah. if you're listening. Open goal there. Yeah. yeah. And I've, sex education is definitely coming to an end now. Yes, which we kind of knew, I think, but we got the confirmation from Netflix uh, this week. So it's debuting September 21st. Like, it makes sense. Like, they're all in school. They have to graduate, you know what I mean, at some point. For yeah. news. Yeah, Not true. familiar. It yeah. follows, like, this sex therapist and her son goes to the school. And is, I, I didn't actually love it, which I feel like is a controversial opinion. I, maybe I need to go back to it. I just found it a bit ham-fisted. But yeah, it's all uh, the regulars. Uh, Asa Butterfield. Uh, Shuji Gatwa, Amy Lou Wood, Emma McKee, and then we had some previous cast announcements. Uh, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. We have Jodie Turner-Smith, who I love, is joining the cast. So yeah, it all ends September 21st, sad days for fans. But like a lot of the stars are going on to bigger and other things, like Shuji Gatwa is going to be in. He's one of the Kens in Barbie. He's the new Doctor Who, so... Yeah. No, but it's good when a series comes to an end uh, and it's got like a story arc rather than they're just dragging the arse out of it. Yeah, so, that is the one, the one thing I will give Netflix is they, they're good for not, like, they're good for keeping it tight mostly. Yeah, but they're good say. for just stopping things in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> also <laughs> that, yeah, you know what, yeah, they're not, they're not great for that either, yeah, I will say. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, that's kind of good news, I suppose. Right, we do have to take a break. Uh, uh, back in a couple of minutes. Our lives are the sum of our choices. And we cannot escape the past. Ethan, this mission of yours is gonna cost you dearly. The world is changing. Truth is vanishing. War is coming. It's been a long time, friend. You've no idea the power I represent. It knows your story and how it ends. There you go. That's uh, a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, obviously... Tom Cruise is the best at running ever he is. Uh, he is. in the movie industry. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's had any work done? <laughs> Do yeah. You'd be exhausted just watching him sprint. Oh, you would. The yeah. way he runs, yeah. it's like every part of his body is involved in the running. Yeah. There's, yeah. There are these really long takes throughout Dead Reckoning Part 1 where you're watching him run along the roof of an airport, maybe just down the street, just like through the streets of Rome. And you think at the end of this scene he's going to get somewhere, but he doesn't. We go to the next scene. It's just we just wanted to see Tom run in a different city. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a spectacle in itself. Yeah. But um, we were talking about Top Gun Maverick during the break there, and I was thinking, you know, it's my job to watch films. I watch maybe two, 250 films a year. There's not a single action film between last year's Top Gun Maverick and this week's Mission Impossible that made me dizzy with excitement. That, yeah. that, that did to, you know, to, to, to the critics that I was with, to audiences so far, the things that these two films did. It's just, I don't know how 
he does it. He's kind of reinvented himself in the way that, I mean, we think of, you think of, you know, you think of Tom Cruise, you think of the Scientology, you think of, you know, the, the, the films that he might have, you know, broken through with in the 80s, you think of Scientology again. For a while, the Scientology was front and center. Mm. That's all gone now. And he's back to kind of being an event movie man where he's just, he, he'll go out, he'll focus on one film, just one film over two years, and he will promote the hell out of that before, during, and after. And, you know, last year and in the year leading up to it, it was Top Gun Maverick. Now it's all about Mission Impossible. And you go in feeling as though this is an event and that it maybe should be taken seriously. And, you know, Tom Cruise is here to, to save cinema. So you go in a little bit excited. And then you come out wanting another one and I, I, I don't know how he does it but uh, and you also think after 27 years and 7 films like the saga should be a bit rusty by now mm. it, you know it should start to repeat itself it's not and I think maybe they go into it it's himself and Christopher McQuarrie the director they go into these things and they, and they think what can we do next what can we get Tom to do well in this one well, in the last one, we had him hanging out the side of an airplane. We had him hanging out the side of a helicopter. We kind of, you know, blew things up around him. This one will ride a motorcycle off the side of a cliff, and you'll wear a parachute, and then you'll land on top of a moving train. And he really did that. Yeah. He actually did that. Did he actually yeah. land on the moving train? I was watching some of the stuff. He did this thing where he rode the motorcycle off the side of a cliff six times in one day because he wasn't happy with the first shot. You think he'd be yeah. happy with the third shot. No, he just said, no, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it six times. Um, so it is all about the stunt work. It is all about the, the spectacle. But there, are, there is a plot to this thing. I'll go through it very quickly. This one basically involves uh, a mysterious golden key that, if matched with another, has the ability to unlock this sinister self-aware AI system that, you know, if used by the wrong people, will bring about the end of civilization. So the superpowers are panicking. Again? Again. Yeah. yeah. So the superpowers are panicking, governments are panicking, and you have IMF agent that's impossible. Uh, mission force. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, Hort, Ethan Hunt, sorry, he thinks to himself, no, I'm not having that. He goes out, he tries to get this key before the evil guys do. Into, in order to do that, he's going to need his team. His team is Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Ving Rames, who's been in this thing since the start. Yeah. And it's basically them going around the world trying to find this key before the bad guys do. Yeah. So is the plot even relevant no. in one of these movies? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, I was thinking, before I even saw this, I was thinking, what's. Where, where is Ethan Hunt from? What does he, like, wh- where does he live? And you think to yourself, don't know. Like, what's, what are the other characters' names? I just mentioned the cast. Yes. Don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's, what happened in the last film? I think it had something to do with an atom bomb. But you, the, the plots are completely interchangeable. You could mix up the plot from two to say, you know, it, does, it doesn't really matter. It's just there to kind of give these filmmakers an excuse to, you know, choreograph and assemble the, these magnificent stunts. And also the performances are quite good. Despite the fact that there's no characterization, the performances are really good in this thing. Um, I did worry at the beginning, I thought, at the beginning... It, it's, a, it's a little bit, it, you know, heavy with exposition. It yeah. keeps telling yeah. you all the time what's going on. And then I realized, oh, wait, some of the guys playing the security chiefs are comic actors like Mark Gaddis, Rob Delaney. Uh, I was thinking to myself, they're in on the joke here. They, they know that this stuff is ridiculous, and that's why they got those guys. I was half expecting Sharon Horgan and Ashley B. to come in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, so so that, I, I thought well, it, gets, it gets extra points for that. And also, it's the first Mission Impossible that has begun to just take the mickey out of itself too because you know ah. those silly masks yeah, that Ethan yeah. Hunt wear so you have basically Ethan Hunt is now you know a fugitive as well and you've got the, his own government running around like airports trying to catch him and they're running up to strangers and trying to pull strangers faces <laughs> off thinking that Ethan and you know obviously a stranger's response would be what, do you have, what are you doing you know yeah. and you, there's an awful lot of that in this so it's become self aware it's kind of started to kind of look in on itself um, it's very very good it's like the, the humor works, the action works. It made my palms sweaty. Like, that's a good action film to yeah, do that yeah. on my screen. 
see it on the big screen you can find. Yeah. Do, do not wait for this to go to streaming. It's it's meant to be experienced. And so I know it sounds as though I'm, I'm marketing the film now, uh, but it deserves to be seen on the big screen. Why, uh, why is he still a fugitive? It's not like in the first movie. He was, oh yeah, he's been no. one all along. Oh, uh, everyone he's everyone thinks he's done this and murdered that person, and he's forever showing up, and there'll be someone dead, and then someone catches him, and yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter, Sean. It doesn't. It doesn't. No. It doesn't. But you'd think he like he saved the world so many times that might. People forget yep. these things. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's typical, isn't it? it, it you it give is. them years of entertainment and then the feckers turn on you. It is. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. That's something completely different. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> um, as... And it's like he would obviously argue that he's kind of... Well, I don't know. Is it too strong to say saving cinema? But... Yeah. Does he have a central role in that? It's it's interesting. Every now and then he comes out with something like Top Gun Maverick, and you hear the you know the term that he's going to save cinema. But then you, you see afterwards that Top Gun Maverick made 1.5 billion dollars or dollars, you know, still during pandemic time. Technically, yeah. um, that is that's that's an astonishing feat uh, for like a legacy sequel for a sequel to a film that was rubbish. Let's yeah. face it. Uh, top, like Top Gun Maverick. Top, no, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, uh, you have lost me. Here he goes again. <laughs> Like, no, the rules of good taste dictate just looking that. for clicks. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun Maverick had no business being that good. Yeah. Like, the first one was, very, was quite rickety. The performances are quite cheesy. It's, it's, it's a little, it's, it's very untidy. <laughs> I feel I've lost everyone now. No, because Wait you know you why? Say a Pierce lot of Brosnan. people were here, watched the first Top Gun, yeah. and a lot of them, that's where they got the first snog. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> No cheering. one's denying it, right. really. <laughs> so yeah. they would have, it'd be a special memory. Okay. Yeah, they don't know what happened during the film, actually. But no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up, actually. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he, he, he is out there trying to save cinema, and it does make sense when you actually see the box office figures, because box office figures haven't been the same since the world shut down. Mm. But then Tom Cruise comes along and makes this sequel to a film that's 28 years old, and, it, and it's the highest grossing film of the year. Yeah. So he is doing something right. Yeah. Does that, though, have a knock-on effect? Does it help any other movies? Are there indie movies benefiting from the fact that he's putting bums on seats? I don't think so, but it is quite nice that he is coming out at a time where superhero films are just everywhere, and superhero mm. films being made all the time is, a, is, is causing smaller films not to be made, or you know, smaller films are not getting into cinemas. So it is quite nice that someone who, was, who had their first box office hit five decades ago is still the king of the box office. That is, that, that, that's quite cool. Yeah. Now, and the second part's going to be next summer? The second part's going to be next summer, and they're going to have to... I don't know what they're going to do to top it. I mean, at one stage, it was uh, Tom Cruise was talking about going into space to make an actual film. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do that in the, in the next Mission Impossible. Um, but they will have a very difficult time, because even there's a scene in this film which just ranks among the finest set pieces I've seen in cinema. It involves Tom Cruise handcuffed to a brilliant Hayley Atwell, her character, she's a, she's a master thief. They're running around Rome, they're being chased by three different sets of bad guys, and he knows that he has this car hidden away somewhere. And he's clicking, you know, his key, trying to find this car, and a Fiat 500 reverses towards him. And he's, he's expecting a Porsche, he's expecting a, a sports car. That's what he has to use. And you're watching it, and, you, and the whole time you're thinking to yourself, they really drove this Fiat 500 around Rome. They really shut the place down. That makes a difference, that you're not watching something that was created on a computer after they shot it. Yeah, you're watching something yeah. that's real, you're watching something that's risky, you're watching, it's, it's risky business, Sean, sorry, but you're watching something <laughs> that was quite dangerous and quite thrilling for everyone involved, and that's infectious, and yeah, so again, it sounds as though I'm on the marketing team for this, go and see it. Okay, you it. loved it, you yeah. loved it, so, absolutely, uh, you loved it. Uh, right, so, um, 
when we do these outside broadcasts, we do give away uh, prizes to members of the audience. I don't know why, but invariably, it's women we give them to. We don't do that yes. deliberately. Woo! So, Women's rights. Are there any men who'd like a prize? Okay. Are there any men in the audience? You're not a man. <laughs> no, you're certainly not. Uh, are there, are, are any of the men here fans of Noel Gallagher? Okay, that man there is a fan of Noel Gallagher. He got the, he got the arm up there very quickly and decisively. Uh, oh, yeah, you have to talk as well. Uh, uh, what, what's your name? Hello, Sean, how are you? Yeah, that's a strange name. How are you? What, what, uh, what's your name? Yes. My name is Richard. Hello, Richard. And are you from, are you from Nace? No, I'm from Knockline. Right, okay. And so, did you just come down from Knockline today for this? Yes. Yeah. Especially to see you. Okay, well, that's nice. <laughs> and uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, nothing. <laughs> are you retired? Or are you just... I'm, I'm about retired this year. Right, okay, nice yeah. one. And we're having a ball. Yeah, and what are you doing, filling your... Like, you know, because some, some people say, really looking forward to retirement, and then they don't know what to be doing with themselves. What uh, do you do with yourselves? Play a bit of golf, badly. Okay. Watch a lot of sport and lose money at horses. <laughs> okay. That's a normal Saturday for most men. Yes, exactly. You have to do that Except sometime. I do it seven days a week. Okay, well, good for you. Right, so we're going to give you two tickets to see Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds. That's at the Royal Hospital Kilmainham. Lovely. On August the 27th. Also going to give you uh, some of the Marks and Spencers uh, wine we've sampled today. Also going to give you afternoon tea here at Lawler's Hotel as well. So congratulations. Thank you. See you. Right, you are listening to the Moncrief Show and News Talk. We're going to take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. So, let's, uh, let's drink our final wine. Okay, so our final wine is um, another one from the Classic Range, and it is Zinfandel. And uh, I'm going to see if there's a number on... Oh. So this is number 24. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, M&S Classics, Zinfandel, California Zinfandel. So, um, I said there was an Italian connection. Um, Zinfandel became California's sort of signature grape there back in the sort of 70s and 80s, partly with the, the blush sweet oh, yeah. version, which was the stuck fermentation, the, the pink stuff, and then, but more importantly, as a, as a red wine, as an everyday drinking red wine. And um, they were determined to try and find out where it was, and eventually it was figured out that it might be Primitivo from southern Italy, Primitivo de Mandoria and so mm. on, and that went on for a while. And then there was Plavic Mali from Croatia, and we have finally figured out that it is Tribodrag. T R I B. God, oh, never heard of I D R I G, yeah. and that is a Croatian grape, not really grown anywhere. Um, they're just a few, um, a few vines as field blends. But now that the Croatians know this, they're starting to plant it in droves because they want to get on the Zinfandel ba- um, bandwagon, if you will. And they should. It's a, it's a, it's a really good grape. Uh, Plavic Mali turns out to be a, a crossing of Zinfandel and another grape. Um, so we, if you think about Croatia, it's just across the Adriatic from Italy. So it makes makes perfect sense that it could be from there. Um, so this is so Californian, obviously, and. Um, it's, it's a classic, smoky, rich, blackcurrant, dark fruits. It's kind of barbecue wine, perfectly. Maybe mm. not so much for a warm summer's afternoon like today, but, but you know, a bit of meat and stuff, and I think it would be perfect, you know? Yeah. Could nice you chill it? Fruits. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And there's enough fruit in it that you could. Mm. I mean, we can chill anything. I mean, the, the, the Spanish, as you know, chill everything from yeah. Pianza, Rioja, to things we wouldn't think of chilling. I mean, yeah. everyone says you can chill Beaujolais and lighter wines, but, you know, you can if you want chill anything. Mm. There's no, I mean, we drink a red wine too warm and our white wine is too cold. I mean, yeah. this is the classic. I actually like red wine at sort of 14 degrees anyway, which is, okay, it's not fridge temperature. But yeah, I think this would be good cool. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's, not, that's really it's nice. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and nice what's that, the name of the grape again? It's so, okay, so Zinfandel, well, it's Zinfandel, right? Yeah. But, um, but we now know that Zinfandel is Tribodrag. If you look up Zinfandel in the classic 
great books by Jansen Robinson, it will say C. Tribodrag. If you look up Primitivo, it says C. Tribodrag. Ah, right. But, so but there's a common... And there's an, actually somebody in California selling Tribodrag as the name of their wine, but they're not allowed to use it as the grape variety because it's not allowed because it hasn't actually entered the registry yet because it's that ah. obscure. Like, it's really obscure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah just the trivia. I thought we should... Yes. Know. No, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah and, and actually, that's really nice. Yeah. Do you like that? That's, uh, that's really nice. So now you know. Yeah, I bring that home only for I don't want to appear in front of some public affairs committee. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tell you what, how much is it? Uh, now, uh, sorry, my apologies. Yeah. It is uh, it's around tenner, uh, but let me tell you exactly. Um, my phone is telling me it's running out of battery. Um, 10.40. 10.40. Yeah. I gave you a tenner for it. Is that all right? <laughs> There's people from Marks and Sparks here uh, uh, today as well. We were talking about accents. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but you have you to tell, tell that story. story. <laughs> okay, this is a true story. Yeah. I uh, was on a boat to the Iron Islands back in the early 90s, and I was talking to, I found myself talking to a priest, as you do, and just we were chatting. Hmm. And he says, where is this you're from? And I said, well, are you English? I said, no, no, I'm not English. I'm from Athlone originally. But that's not an Athlone accent. I said, well, I went to school in Dublin. Maybe it's a bit of a South Dublin accent mixed in. No, no, that's not it at all. Are you sure you never lived in England? I paused and I said, I'm a Protestant. That's what it is. (laughs) True story. True story. And did you find he was right? (laughs) Look, I kind of get it. My accent isn't that easy to pin down. People want to put you in a box. Yeah. Couldn't put me in a box. And uh, yeah, there's a vaguely poshish accent. I don't know. But in, in England, they think I'm. You know, it's very clearly an Irish accent to yeah, English people. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just in Ireland, you know. In my hometown, that lone once I said, oh, you're from Australia then? And I said, no, no retreatites. Hang you on. Know? Whoa. Wheel back there. You're from Athlone? <laughs> I'm from Athlone, yeah, yeah. No, I don't have an Athlone accent. So, yeah, yeah. No, shit, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went to school in Dublin and um, ah. lived in Dublin then since 12. So, and then I kind of, I, yeah, I don't know where I got my accent from. Right. My brother's a total culture accent. Sorry, Derek, if you're listening. And <laughs> <laughs> He's still living in Athlone. No, he's been in Dublin now, but he lived there till he was about 18. But again, went to the same school that I did, so, you know. Uh, yeah. That's, I would have sworn that you were from someplace in South Dublin no, and you no, lived no. like a mile away from where your parents lived. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So there you go. Anyway, no. There you go. From the town in Athlone? Uh, yeah, just south of the town. Uh, so at Retreat Heights, which is basically about a uh, ten-minute walk into town. Near, yeah. Yeah. Um, just off the Dublin Road. You turn, turn right there. Yeah. <laughs> As you're coming in the Dublin Road. I, I, and what did your parents do? Um, I, I, <laughs> my dad was a commercial traveller. He sold clothing, um, yeah. trousers, and he got a 7% commission for every shirt he sold and every Balfour coat he sold. I found a Balfour coat in a charity shop a few years ago, and I bought it. And I'd like to think he may have even sold it uh, oh, originally God. back today. Yeah. And my mum was a housewife. That's yeah. It, yeah so. That's mad now. My mum grew up, interestingly, she grew up in Dramana House because her dad was the head gardener in Dramana House. So you know, she was not posh. I mean, there was gardener, yeah. right? But, but in a, grew up in a posh, near a posh house. Yeah. No, that's kind of good. Posh gardener. Posh yeah. gardener, exactly. That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. There you, now you know. I love learning things about Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's great stories. Here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, let's move on to our uh, second uh, um, film of the day. It is The Outlaws. Here's a terrible clip. <laughs> My parents just emailed that they're coming to our wedding. Oh, I'm going to meet your parents finally. Are you psyched? You're not psyched. Are you psyched at all? Is there any psyched happening? Sitting on top of the world, I'm up. You haven't met this woman parents yet. They've been off the grid the whole time we've been together. What's going down? Baby, what's up? Hey! Billy and Lily McDermott. Meet my parents. Nice to meet you, Neil. You're very attractive. Oh, thank you. 
That's not a compliment. For me, it's too much. You deserve something better than that pasty little goober. Dad, just give him a chance. Well, what does a bank manager do? I manage all the security. It's the best. Let's just pray we have a nice, chill day. This is a robbery. I think your parents robbed my bank. You can't be serious. Right, okay. That's, oh, I see now, because it's not out, it's out hyphen lords. Yeah. So it's a pun going on there. Yeah, I'm all yeah. about the puns today. Yeah, it's puntastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's probably yeah. the cleverest thing in the whole film. Yeah, his accent now, and now I'm just basing it on that trailer. Yep. It kind of wandered a bit, but it was kind of more northerly accent, I would have thought. It did, yeah. It took a road trip, the voice did. It was on kind of, yeah. I would have thought it was like mid-70s. The code word is this. You have sure. 10 minutes to leave the building kind right. of accent. Right, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he might have got it from uh, movies. The, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the film doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has a very nice moustache in this. Um, so, yeah, The Outlaws. It's, uh, no, he does. He, Where were we? Yeah. He, he, it kind of turns Scottish at some stage, too. Look, the idea is not terrible. If you can get past the idea... Uh, well, the first idea, if you can get past this notion that uh, someone who's getting married has never met you know, their fiancé's parents before and they're going to show up on the week of the wedding and that's going to be... If you can get past that, yeah. fair enough. But this idea that you meet your fiancé's parents and then you discover and no one around you will believe that they're actually notorious bank robbers, that Mm. they're actually, you know, these criminals that have been on the run for, you know, 20, 30 years. That's not a bad idea. You know, in someone else's hands, in a a, a competent filmmaker's hands, it might work. In something produced by Adam Sandler and directed by Tyler Spindle, Tyler Spindle was the guy who gave us The Wrong Missy, which was just the wrong film for everyone. It's just, it's just, it's not going to work. Um, We've got Adam Devine there, who I've been calling him Adam Devine, but then that sounded a bit too much like... Adam Levine from yeah. Maroon 5. So it's when not, you said that to me, I was shocked. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the singer from Maroon 5. Yeah. Uh, he plays this bank manager. His name is Owen. He's, as you can see, he's psyched to meet his uh, uh, future wife's parents. They land in. They're very, very cool. A lot, a lot unlike his parents who, you know, aren't very cool. And his bank, uh, the day after he goes out on the piss with them, basically, is robbed. And he knows just from the smell of the cologne that the guy is wearing that this is, you know, these are your parents. And I'm going to try and prove it. Then you've got this other subplot where, you know, the criminals are actually on the run from another bunch of criminals they're trying to stay alive it's it's a little bit confusing it's supposed to be an action comedy the action doesn't work it's actually so badly edited it looks like it was assembled with you know crayon and scissors and prit stick it just doesn't work yeah and for a comedy there are no jokes there's this weird running gag throughout the whole thing because adam devine is a big blink 182 fan where the password for his bank is a Blink-182 song, and the song keeps being... It's, it's just used over and over and over again, and you're like, that's not funny. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's just not a funny line. And as well, you've kind of got these jokes as well about uh, 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 Shrek. You've kind of got these jokes about Bond. At one stage, uh, uh, James Bond, or, uh, Pierce Brosnan's character says that Adam Devine reminds him of Bond. He says, which one? The fifth 
You can see what they did there. Yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah. Self-aware is one thing. Funny self-aware is another. It's yeah. just, it's lazy. It's quite flat. It's uninspired. It just does no favors for anyone involved. And it's such a shame because this is actually from Adam Sandler's Happy Madison Company. And he's still producing bad films, but the stuff that he's starring in at the minute is quite good. Mm. Forget Murder Mystery. But the stuff that he's starring yeah. in, yeah. Uh, yeah. like uh, Uncle Gems, yeah. uh, Hustle, he's doing stellar work, you know, as, a, as an actor, but just terrible work as a producer. Yeah. The same, th- the same idea, though, you could hear the pitch where there's a wedding yeah. and, you know, her parents robbed the bank that he's married. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Mm. But obviously, uh, no. that was all that was uh, No, happened. you need punchlines, you need some sort of, you know, competence, you need, uh, you know, proper action for an action comedy, as I say. It just does not work. It's just a waste of everyone's time. Although, Leslie was asking about Ellen Barkin earlier. She plays the mom. She's very good at just showing up and scaling at everything. She yeah. is She yeah. is quite cool in it. Yeah. Uh, everyone else, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and your man who plays the potential son-in-law, what's he been in? Adam Devine. He yeah. was the guy who Haley doesn't end up with in Modern Family. That's the most complicated sentence I've ever said. Yeah. Uh, but he was, in, he was in Modern Family, basically. He's almost like you, uh, Jack Black if Jack Black, you know, shaved and cut his hair. Yeah, yeah. A, I, I, he does a lot of like gurning and he does, yeah. yeah. And you can, t- you know, that awful thing when you can tell in American broad comedies where the actors are clearly improvising. And they've yeah. just been told, you know, kind of say the first thing that comes into your head. Or if you want to dance, you can dance. If you want to sing, you can sing. There's an awful lot of that in it. And so whenever, like, the, the script runs out of ideas, he just starts singing. He just starts dancing. It just doesn't work. Sorry to be so negative. Did they maybe it. not have a script because of the writer strike? So they just, like, <laughs> no, just rocked on. That's, yeah, that could be potentially be it. Yeah, I mean, it just looks as though the idea, everyone was, involved, everyone was on board from the idea. But when they actually started talking and saying things to each other, yeah. they realized this is just terrible. And... He identifies the bank robbers because of the way Pierce Brosnan smells. Because of the way he smells, and there's uh, something as well not about... because of his provisional IRA accent. No, 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 no because he... <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd forgotten about that. Uh, uh, there's something, he's kind of wearing this, like, uh, voice uh, hide, that, or oh, this right. software thing that, that hides, hides the yeah, yeah, IRA yeah, voice accent, yes. yeah. Uh, no, Sounds he... like a unionist when he robs the bank. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've nothing to add to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stop. Oh God. How long will they kind of keep this on Netflix before they realise it's utter crap? And then you know. I think it'll probably. St- it'll probably. It's a pity that Netflix doesn't do. I know they remove titles every now and then, but you know the way Disney has started to kind of remove mm. titles yeah, after about yeah. a month because they realise nobody's watching this. This is a waste of money. Netflix hangs in there, waits to see if you're watching, it, and then after maybe six months or a year, takes it off. Uh, someone's clearly watching them. I guarantee by Sunday night, this will end up in the top ten on your Netflix. God save us. Yeah, gosh. it's depressing, isn't because it? Because it's like they took that movie Crater off. Yeah, yeah Crater was yeah. on for it was on Disney Plus for like seven weeks, and they were just like Yoink took it off. And it wasn't a cheap oh. movie; like it cost like fifty-three million or something. It starred Kid Cudi, McKenna Grace. Um, but they're just doing it for tax write-offs. You know yeah. what I mean? So they have, like... It wasn't just creator. There was loads of other titles, but they're basically getting a $1.5 billion tax write-down just to be like, bye. And they did it recently with... I don't know, did anyone watch the Grease prequel series, Rise of the Pink Ladies on yeah. Paramount Plus? Like, it aired its season finale, and then three weeks later, they took the whole series off, which actually kind of worked in its favour because I hadn't been hearing great things about it. And then it kind of struck this, like, counter-protest of, from this small group of fans who were like, why did you take it off? the streamer but uh, yeah it's, I think it's definitely it's weird because you look at streaming and you're like oh this is a platform for like preservation of media and we'll mm. always have this archive of stuff and in this modern era it's like no absolutely not and we're, we're just losing content on the daily and because it's digital you don't have physical copies like you would 
like in yeah. the olden days in a But it's not house. like, you know, server is full uh, and they have to take it off. Yeah. They don't have physical room no. for it. Mm. And, no. And I saw one of the writers, I'm not sure if it's Crater, but maybe another show that was recently removed from Disney Plus. One of the writers took to Twitter and said, can anybody let me know how or if it's possible to rip a show from a streamer onto a DVD because I don't have a physical copy of this. Mm. The thing that they'd spent the last three years of their life working oh, on, God. they don't have anything. I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's not as if the system was full. Just leave it there. Oh, that's sad. Are the two of you looking forward to the Barbie movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. that was too enthusiastic. Are they going to do a press screening of that? Um, I'm not sure. Hopefully. Yeah. Ooh. Hopefully. Interesting. Yeah. But maybe they don't need it because the hype will be No, so. people are going to go see gonna it. Everyone's going to go. Like... Yeah. Double feature, Oppenheimer, straight into Barbie. Let's go. Is that the order you do it in? Yeah, we were saying, we yeah. talked about this on the break, you want to go out in a high. You don't want to yeah. end with the atomic bomb, no? Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, so we'll, we'll be hearing about those uh, next week. Uh, thanks to Chris and Fanula and Leslie. Movies and booze, I'm Moncrief. On News Talk.